been another week, and here we are back again in the studio, recording live on Tuesday. Uh, but anyways, uh, this is WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz, and uh, I'm going to hit our sponsor up right away. Uh, it's the Independent Order of Oddfellows, Chequick Lodge number 56 in good old downtown Valparaiso. And uh, it's a great civic organization. Uh, they do a lot of great stuff for the community. So check them out online. Uh, they're always looking for some awesome quality members. That's why, sorry, uh, Andy, uh, you can't apply. But anyways. Oh, introduce that, us first. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Greg Sims, uh, one of your co-hosts. And the other, uh, Andy Bozak is the other co-host. His brother Adam is yet to turn up. But uh, I did get a voicemail from him the other day. Um, so he's doing well. He's doing well. <laughs> and speaking of voicemail, I'm looking across at Greg here, who's all, uh, for the last six months only complained about his cell phone and the age of the cell phone. And it looks to me like he's got a brand new got iPhone an, here. He, well, it's not an iPhone. Oh, it's an Android. An Android. Yeah. But the problem is this stupid thing. It's, uh, it's, it's going to voicemail quicker without me knowing about it. And my messages are full. And I get people calling me saying, you're not, uh, your mailbox is full. And I'm like, how is that possible? So there I was before the show deleting a whole bunch. And turning on his ringer now that he learned what that was. No, I turned it on. But and, and our guest was making fun of me while I was doing it. Uh, and our guest today is Mitch. Pe none, none other than extraordinary, extraordinary Mitch Peters. <laughs> it's good to see you guys outside of the council chambers <laughs> and outside of Friday night uh, food at Unity Cafe. Well, or any of which I was there ever. and you guys weren't last Mitch week. Mitch is at everything. Everything you go to, Mitch shows up. I do try. <laughs> I was just thinking I would probably make a good odd fellow. That's you would. You would make a good odd fellow. You know, looking at you two, I, I, I see odd in both of you. And if you guys were members, we had a Christmas party last week, and it was actually it was just the other day, Saturday, at Joe Sosimos. It was a it was really good, really good. So, but anyway, something to keep in mind. You had what? Oh, the Oddfellows Christmas. The Oddfellows party. Christmas oh, wow. party. Yeah. Oh, cool. It would have been a council, you know, but uh, you didn't invite me. That wasn't uh, a thing. That this last weekend was supposed to be the sheriff's Christmas party. That's right. <laughs> We're not gonna go. No, there. That up. no, no. But I thought when he said council, that's what I immediately yeah. went to. We could have a council Christmas party. Oh, we should. You know, we can have it at your house and uh, start out with the festivities of the lights, of which. You, why am I mentioning it first? Do you, you normally mention the lights. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we could have you guys all out to help me take them down. Mm. <laughs> Look at, Wait, did you want to see Sylvia Graham on a ladder? No, but Mitch just left the room. <laughs> no, I can see Sylvia Graham yelling orders to me from a there chair. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Oh, so. my God. But uh, but anyways, yeah, so we've got, uh, we got Mitch here. Now, which, Mitch wears a lot of hats, so how do we identify him? Who Whatever you hat you want. <laughs> Whatever you want to hear about, I'm willing to talk about. If you want to hear about uh, public defenders and the criminal justice system, if you want to hear about mental health, if you want to talk about addiction and addiction treatment in Porter County and where we're at, uh, or if you want to talk about all of it. Just and the respite house. Respite yeah. house. Yeah, the Indiana um, Dunes tourism. I mean, why don't you tourism. tell us That's right. what all your titles are? Because you do have a lot of interaction throughout the county. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into some of those. But, like, what are your, your – so you're on the board of directors for the tourism board, correct? He's the I president. I am the president oh, of nice. the tourism board. Yep. I've been the president, I believe, for 12 years. Oh, Work with an excellent staff. Um and it's a real pleasure to be involved with the county um, still. Uh. He says that and he looks at Greg and I. <laughs> Even in spite of you two. Um, and then I also sit on the city's advisory council on uh, human rights. Oh, for Valpo? Really? Yeah, the HRC, Human Rights Council. Now, does does every does Portage have a council like that, or is it just? I'm Val not aware. I believe it's just Valpo. Wow, that's and pretty I've cool. Never heard of that. No, me either. I'm I, actually the president of that council as well. We meet quarterly now, and um, so that keeps me plugged into people with disabilities and what we can do to provide. Now, is uh, Porter Stark or any of the other agencies involved with that as well? No, it's pretty much a, uh, there's some student members, some educator members, some community members, uh, the food pantries involved, Jennifer, uh, 
Jerry Zell. There's a lot of lawyers, unfortunately. Okay. There's a he's lot of lawyers. And he there's is a lawyer. lawyer. Just, there's a lot <laughs> Just of lawyers <laughs> on that committee. So you know they're meeting when there are a bunch of Jaguars and Cadillacs parked outside City Hall. Um, <laughs> and one lone Honda. Um, is that Mitch? Yeah. So, um, so that's been really good. And then, of course, I'm on the Rusbit House board. I'm one of the co-founders uh, of Rusbit House. That consists currently of two halfway houses uh, for men with substance abuse problems. The original one's over on Chicago Street, and then the newest one, 305 Union Street, we opened April of 2020. Uh, that's the larger of the two. Uh, that was a new construction from the ground up. The first one was a remodel that was funded by Porter County. Yes, yes, it's just story. It was, yeah, because he, he was of, telling yeah. us about that at yes. the uh, dinner that we at, went to. At the to. Unity Cafe. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was, that's been a real benefit for the community. Um, and it, there, it's really thanks to my ex-wife, Lita, and my stepdaughter, Nika. It's really a well-run org. And my son's the president of the board now. Uh, I retired as president when I decided to run for political office. Um, probably should have stayed president. <laughs> I would have had a longer future. But, uh, but no. He, and they're still involved with the respite. Yeah, and I'm still respite house. house and me. I'm still involved. I'm still on the board. I'm still... Oh, so you're not retired. No, you just, just down. I just got out of the way. I let them think they're the shot callers. So, but they do a really good job. And yeah. and what we're noticing is a lot of comorbidity between mental health and substance abuse. And we're more aware of that, I think, now because, uh, and, you know, the co-occurrence because of the fact that we now have a mental health restoration court that Judge Buckley uh, oversees and, and a group of us. I'm the public defender for that court as well. Oh, so you handle all the cases for that court? For the mental oh, health court. I didn't realize court. it was yes. assigned to a specific public defender. Yes. That's, okay, that's interesting. So, um, and a lot of, some of those people are just straight up mental health issues. They don't have a substance issue. But the majority of them have co-occurring substance abuse where they've either self-medicated for their mental illness or as a result of their substance use, severe substance use over time, they've created their mental illness. Oh, wow. Kind of weak or, in their mind. Hmm. Right. Or they just had both. They were unfortunately uh, subject to both. So... Um, We've got a lot more people coming through the house. Our our population has changed somewhat, where we have more mental health issues, or not issues, but presence. And so we're starting to train our staff, in addition to substance use disorder or substance abuse, uh, and first aid and um, suicide awareness and prevention, we're also now training them in um, mental health. Because that's got to be a huge, a hard thing to tackle. So if you're not used to it and you're used to dealing with the people that have drug problems and whatnot, now you're dealing with mental health issues. It's not as easy as just saying, well, you need to come off those drugs. It's well, right. And statistically, what the statistics show us nationwide is, you know, uh, out of the people incarcerated in the jail, which our sheriff would tell you 95% of the men incarcerated in Porter County Jail have substance use issues or substance abuse issues. So and that not, includes alcohol, right? That right, is, uh, right. So of those 95%, we know that at least somewhere around 70% of those also have a mental health issue. Wow. That high? Yep. Wow. For those that are incarcerated. So, yeah, the numbers are staggering, and when you get to it, and that's why the sheriff's been in front of you, the council, yeah. so many times talking about the need for mental health mm -hmm. because there's a huge gap. And, and the other gap that we're experiencing is housing. And so there's no housing and there's no ability. It's hard to rehabilitate or habilitate someone 
when they don't have the basics of housing. They're not going to take their medications or make their medication management appointments when they're living in a tent in the woods. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to do it. So that's kind of where we're at with that, which is why Respite House, in conjunction with the city and other community partners and Porter Stark and HealthLink and the hospital, uh, whatever name it's going by today. Um, it's a revolving I can't keep up with it. But that's why we're all uh, committed to um, building a homeless shelter. So that's my current project. And that won't just be for men? That'll be a homeless well, shelter Well, the all? primary shelter will be for men, and then there's going to be an attached associated resource center for during the day, which will, the primary shelter will hold 24 men, and the only requirement to be there is um, they have to participate in comprehensive care. Okay. So they have to get their medication management. Do you guys help them with that to, to remind them, hey, every yeah, day you have to Yeah, we're going to work with all of that. Okay. Yes. You have to get mental health treatment. You have to get physical treatment. We're, uh, work One and New Creations are going to help us with the voc rehab. Uh, so we're going to try to uh, train them to do jobs within the community. Uh, we're, we've got Recovery Works across the street. Uh, they're going to assist with um, recovery support and recovery treatment. Plus, we've got the halfway houses, both the respite houses and the other ones within the town that are available for referrals. Moraine House, Alice's House, um, Women's Recovery, which is associated with the Caring Place. So, which are all, we've met with all of them. Are those all in Valpo? Because some, yes. some of them I've heard of, but not all of them. There's that many. Yes. Wow. Hmm. And so... It's crazy that their need is that big in this community. Right. Well, we well, need yeah. more. I, I yeah. know, and that's it's been eye-opening hanging out with you and Greg this yeah. past year because learning a lot from you, <laughs> yeah. going to this church, the dinner on Fridays, right. and seeing right. things that I didn't know was in our community. Well, and that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. You know, education and awareness is yeah. half the battle. Yeah. So we're aware of the problem. We know that we need to address it. And the good news is because of where we're at with our homeless issue, it can be addressed. It's not out of hand. It's not something that we can't mitigate right now and remediate and help these people to get back into a productive, responsible role in society. They just need, they don't need a handout, they need a hand up. Right. It's interesting because yeah. when me and Aiden went to that dinner and mm -hmm. we, we were talking to this gentleman, he was from somewhere down south and he had come up here and he, he was having trouble getting anywhere and doing things. And me and Aiden, uh, you know, who's 15, my son, you met him at the, the dinner. Did. And we were discussing about uh, once you're down and, and you don't have a house, you don't have a cell phone, you, you know, how do you get a job when you, when you go to apply for something and, and you can't fill out on your resume where you work or what number to contact me on or my ID was lost and I can't afford to get a new one or find the documents I need to get it. So I, it's awesome to hear that you guys are involved and, and saw this need. Those are the types of services comprehensively that we need to provide. We toured a couple of... Um, shelters down in Lafayette and they actually on site at one of the larger ones they have a retired social security person wow. who comes in once a week to assist the clients in filling out applications for disability. I wouldn't have thought of that. That's a great and idea. so yeah. you know something like that so and getting their documentation their licenses their social security birth certificates just having the ability with a mental illness and, and a lack of ability to communicate effectively, sometimes with or without a phone. You know, they just don't have the ability. So the other piece is we've partnered or collaborated with all of the universities in close proximity who provide interns. So we'll get interns from the social work departments and the psychology departments oh. to come in and help us with case management, with documentation, with getting the demographics on these individuals, both the ones in the primary shelter and the co-ed resource center. And I haven't even gotten to the warming center yet for the winter time, but 
will help us and assist us in assessment and and directing you know may, they can't direct treatment as students but they can tell us what direction Kinda, we yeah. need to nudge them or need to go do we need to call healthlink do we need to call porter stark where do we need where do we need to go to help individually each one because they all have their own unique problems so the warming center, which will also be attached, will be open during the winter months. And this is part of the new building, right? Not yep. currently. Okay. Do, right. do we have a warming center now? Um, no. No. We really don't. <laughs> the library. Um, while it's well, usually when it's the, really cold, they make yeah, someone else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. fire stations. They or go to church vestibules. Oh, okay. They go to abandoned buildings. They go. Wow. To oh, businesses really? and you know, I mean, they're Kinda staying. They're doing yeah. whatever they have to to yeah. stay alive. Yeah. yeah. So this will be a little more structured, but this will be a place for the police to drop them off, for the churches to drop them off, oh, that's nice. for crisis intervention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and not everybody's going to fit. Some of them are going to have to go to jail. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. But if they're willing to come in there and just behave and go to sleep and stay warm, and then once the sun comes up and it's time to leave, you can go right next door, through the door, into the resource center, and have a place for daytime activity. And is that some place where they can take a shower and yes, all that stuff too? there will be showers, lockers available for them to put their stuff in. That's one of the things I learned down okay. in Lafayette. You need I would think that's important. Yeah, because yeah. 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 you're dealing with these people too. Yeah. Yeah. You need more, you need yeah. more lockers. So yeah, yeah we've uh, got showers, we've got lockers. Can well, I, can some, I ask, what, what made No, the, Andy, you can't ask anything. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to say anything. I didn't watch anything. Uh, what made, what's the, the reason that you decided years ago to um, target this towards men and not females? Is, is men more of Well, a at the time, yes. At the time, there were more men oh, okay. in the jail, and still today, there are more men in the jail. Most of the original Rustman House population, excluding the homeless shelter, comes from the jail. They're court-ordered into treatment programming, and they're court-ordered and actually transported by the sheriff to Rustman House. Wow. Now, so do you guys get them, some government funding for that, too? Well, I'll talk about that oh, one. Not from the county, but we, there is a program now, and I, you know, I hate to be critical of big government, but I will. Um, so we just wait. That. There's more. <laughs> so there's like a, there either. is a program uh, from a few years ago that started out really well. Uh, Recovery Works funding. It's a uh, legislation from the Indiana General Assembly that provides various treatment uh, avenues. They'll pay for even rides, even daycare in some instances. Wow. And one of the aspects of that was recovery housing, halfway house. Everybody qualified, all the halfway houses in Valpo. Well, then they added another requirement. They required that you be a certified halfway house. Well, that was a little problematic for some of the other halfway houses because you know, the certification requirements are so many bathrooms for each resident. Oh. So, you know, specific fire protection, spe just specifics, ADA compliance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But an old building, it would cost thousands of dollars. Right. Yeah, the Moraine House is an yeah. old building. Alice's House right. is an old fraternity house from the law oh, fraternity down on <laughs> Brown Street. Oh, wow. From back in the 70s. So maybe the 60s. So no, I'm thinking Animal House. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. You could. Yeah. So, but it's changed. Thank you. Those women are doing a good job. But so a lot of the houses now can't get certified. Fortunately, we can and we have. But it's the new requirements. Then they added a new layer of administration pace is now administering it <laughs> more so paperwork yeah more paperwork wow. more red tape more hoops to jump through and you know everything ground to a halt for a minute but now it's picked back up now i don't want to complain because it's a great program the problem is we come out with a great program and then we screw it up <laughs> with, it <laughs> with yeah. politics yeah. Yeah. and that's yeah. exactly what happened wow. here so 
No, when I when the county gave me the four hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars in two thousand nine, the one question, the one promise, two promises they made, two things. Was well, that I a, would not come back. See, I knew this is a perfect time to get it in recording. <laughs> <laughs> that I would not come back for day-to-day operations. Oh, okay. And yeah. I assured them we wouldn't, and we never have. Yeah. Um, and then the other promise or the other requirement was that I go to tourism for the county <laughs> council. <laughs> so I've been there ever since. Uh, thank you, Dan Witten. God bless you, brother. Um, we do miss Dan. <laughs> so you can hear him on the radio asking about uh, you, you have a bankruptcy. Yeah. yeah, come check it out. Witten and Witten Portage. Yeah, yeah, but I'm hiring his wife. Yeah. I heard she's better. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. She might be. I don't know. So, I like his dog Gertrude. Yeah, that, that's what I like. So, I mean, it's going good. We we've been you know up and running quite a while now. We've got good policies and procedures, all of which we had to redo. I recently retyped them all, 112 pages. Wow. Uh, Shouldn't have uh, released her administrative assistant yet, huh? <laughs> well, Didn't she just retire? Or is they, it were, they were so old that they just needed to be reformatted because you couldn't, like, open them on new programming uh, anymore. It was on microfiche. Yeah, wow. so, so I just started at the beginning and typed the whole thing and made the changes we needed as I went. But, you know, we had to update all of those because the state now, for your certification purposes, requires this and that. Oh. And an infection review committee. I mean, yeah, it's me, my ex-wife, and my son. So... <laughs> So, but we do have one. It's called family dinner with the ex-wife. A lot of interactions. Well, she's like the main cog in the wheel. I'm not going to lie. And she's a good painter, by the way. I was painting with her the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 We did a mural at the the Unity Cafe. So, I mean, she's just, she's, she's the one that, she's the glue that holds it all together. That's awesome, though. We have an annual fundraiser concert uh, every August up at uh, up at uh, the park, Central Park. Mm. That's always great. Um, but yeah, the community. None of this happens because of me. First of all, we didn't build that new facility. You know, it started. Paul and I were at the gym. Paul Schreiner and I were at the gym working out one morning at 5 a.m. or when it opened. And uh, he said, he was talking about needs in the community. I said, what we really need to build is a new halfway house. Yeah, but I'm gonna give you and Paul credit because this would not have happened. Obviously, you can't do it without having a team, but the squeaky wheel gets the grease and you two can be really, really squeaky. (laughs) So, and I say that in a good way, you know, not that you guys, when you want something done, everything that I've seen, you guys get it done. You find a way to make it happen. And that's one of a couple projects that I know you guys have done. Well, and I'll tell you the truth. I believe that's why the city is fully behind the new homeless shelter (coughs) project. They've given us the land. They've given us ARPA money because they know that when I tell them I will do something, I will do it, and it will be run properly. In all of the since 2009. With the population we're dealing with at Respite House 1 and now Respite House 2, we have not had one police call. Wow. That's not pretty awesome. Not one time wow. have the police awesome. been called. Yeah. Now, have now, how they, many times the fire department's been called? <laughs> no, no, well, now that we have the news. Where's that button on the wall? I don't know. Push it. No! That happened. You, you told us that story. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, yeah the fire department's been there more than the police. That's for sure. But, you know, uh, yeah, smoke alarms don't know the difference between smoke and drywall dust. So, yeah, but, I mean, that's pretty that's pretty telling that pretty you know awesome. we yeah. we yeah. are hands-on um when we first opened respite house um my then wife worked days and then i would come in and work nights and you were uh, still a public job. defender at this time well i was a lawyer yeah, right? okay i i don't think and i wasn't a public defender yet that all happened later the other public defender they scammed you into that too somehow <laughs> well, no, I'm joking. it's 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 a good 
I love what I do. I mean, I honestly do. I love helping people. I try to make each one of them realize that what they have to say is important. And, and their perception or what they need is, is as important to me as what the criminal justice system is going to uh, exact from them. Yeah. You know, we need to listen to their needs, their concerns, and, and how we can rehabilitate them. Because if we just put them in jail, they're coming back. They're coming back. And if we don't do something to abate their issues and to address their problems and their needs and how to get them on the right track, we're just perpetuating the problem. And we learned that when Nancy Reagan taught us just say no. Just say no didn't work. Right. Mm. And, and Ronald Reagan's policies of just lock them up didn't work and they were getting out and coming right back in for right drugs. i mean so. it just the prison population is is just a training ground for criminal thinking and criminal behavior that's and, an interesting way to word it yeah well and i'm not saying you're wrong i didn't make it up <laughs> statistics show yeah. and so that those are the mm. things that you can address and change through treatment and and case management you can't change their history but what you can change is their behavior and their thinking. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that and get them in a pattern of new behavior and new thought process, you can make an impact in their lives and an impact in the community. Well, Mitch, let's, let's take it back a bit. Um, okay, so let's talk about... Have I, gotten, have I gone astray? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but what I mean is some people, and, and I'll tell you, I got a class of uh, people that uh, they, they don't know how... How does one get a public defender? Because we hear, you know, the Miranda, if you can't afford a lawyer, one will be appointed to you. Now, well, actually, Miranda had was the right to remain silent. But yes, we have a fundamental constitutional right to be represented by counsel in the course of a criminal or quasi-criminal proceeding. Okay, so I'm rich. Can I get a public defender? No. Okay, so how Wait, is... Wait, I'm rich and I'm cheap. Can I get a public defender? <laughs> right. No, but they, those are the ones that want them. I can't afford one. So how, how does... Because that actually would be the big question is, okay, somebody gets put in front of a judge and they say, I can't afford a lawyer. Well, the judge asks them. First okay. of all, that's so one of the standard questions. We want Mitch Peters. We want Mitch Peters to well, represent us. They do us. say that, too. But they don't <laughs> give me unless they're in my court. But so what happens, the way the process works, the judge goes through the initial hearing and enters a not guilty plea. And they're incarcerated, probably being released on bond. And one of the questions during the course of the proceeding is going to be, do you intend to hire a lawyer? yes or no or sometimes they say yes but it's quite obvious they aren't going to oh, okay because mm. they're mentally ill they're on mm -hmm. disability you already know enough about them um so the judge will question them as to their assets do you have a job do you have a car is there any equity in a house bank account. Once they hear you have 12 cars, you're not getting a public defender, Sims. <laughs> right. Nine. Thank yeah. you very much. So, but I mean, if you got a 1994 Fairlane or whatever How does he know what I drive? What color is it, Mitch? Fairlane, I like and, and, um, and, you know, and you, even if you have a job, the next level of inquiry is, you know, what are your expenses? I'm a dispatcher at a place in Chesterton yeah. for the trucking company. Right. You make too much. <laughs> but let's, let's look at the guy who works at McDonald's and makes 12 bucks an hour and gets 30 hours a week and then he pays rent, utilities, and and He car must have insurance. a roommate because he can't afford that at $12. Right. right. And, and so it's quite apparent that they yeah. don't have the ability even with his job. So then the judge will appoint a public defender. If, if my client is in jail, my policy is to go see them within a day or two. Hmm. Not so much because I want to know 
what the police have said or what they've done. I want to find out, does this individual have any special needs? You know, did their mother just die in the funerals Friday? Oh. Do they have health needs? Do they have mental health needs? What Mm. issues does this individual have going on that need to Mm. be addressed in a timely fashion? And so, and then I also get their side of the case mm-hmm. and, and their, their story, if you will. Um, you know, oh, I was just scheduled to go into treatment. Or I have a Chins case in St. Joe County next month, you know. So now I know we got some time constraints because they've got a case coming up. They're supposed to get in treatment. This is a real fact pattern, by the way. Wow. Supposed to get treatment in South Bend, Chin's case, plus three dry while suspended cases in Elkhart County and St. Joe County, all set for hearings in December. So, you know, I got to get out because my initial inclination is just sit here long enough to get, you know. They'll let you go eventually. Yeah, Yeah. to get time served and goodbye. Mm -hmm. So... I had to just move that time frame up a little. We're still doing time serve goodbye, go deal with all this other issues in your life, Mm -hmm. but we just moved the time frame a little. I hate to waste away any life in jail or do anything like that, but some of these people don't have the money to pay for it either. So it's interesting that they're, I guess, since they're not getting big fines or doing time served, is that kind of the trade-off? Well, sometimes you give them probation and you give them services. Each case is a case-by-case basis. Sometimes, depending on what the issue is or what the crime is, that one happened to be a probation violation. So they had already done some time. They have treatment in place so they can go do that on, you know, their state insurance, I assume she had. And she's got other legal issues to deal with. If I keep her too long... Then she's got all these warrants in oh, Elkhart goodness, yeah. County, St. Joe. They got to come get her. She's now missed her Chins case or her uh, uh, DCS case for potential. Oh, Chins is something to do with children. Chins, yes. I didn't know what you're talking child about. Child in need I of services. Like Chins on your face. No. <laughs> child, I'm like, sorry. Is she getting big? <laughs> child in need. surgery. Yeah. Child in need of services. Okay. So if she Thank misses you. that hearing, she could lose custody or visitation with her child. Yeah. So, you know, so, yeah, you just got to assess what their needs are as well. 32 minutes. Oh, Speaking of needs, we have uh, we we need to do a station identification. WVLP 103.1 FM, and uh, this is Porter County Buzz. Uh, one of the hosts, Greg Sims. The other host, Andy Bozek, and we have been fascinated so far at listening to stories from from the extraordinary person who wears many hats, Mitch Peters. And uh, and again, this show isn't possible without the help of the Independent Order of Oddfellows. See what kind of work all like in. you. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and speaking of talking to Mitch so far, we've only been here a half an hour, dude. There's at least twelve hours more stories here. <laughs> it's definitely gonna be. We're gonna be down to thirty about seconds. One hat. Yeah. Yeah. So far. Holy cow! It's amazing. So is it? I mean, what happens if you get somebody who says, "I can't afford a lawyer." And they, they kind of snooker the court into believing so, but then they end up having money. And you find out. It, do they then get fined? or? Well, sometimes the judges can take a little bit of their bond for the public defender okay. fund. And typically if they've posted a bond, they do that. But now under the new trial rule 26, a lot of people are being let out with no bond. Um, oh, that's they, in Indiana? That's yeah. happening? Oh. Okay, Illinois is doing something similar too, aren't they? The whole country is doing. Oh, it. really? Okay. Yeah. We've come to the well. that personal? We've opinion? come to the determination. I guess it's a political opinion, depending on what your political, uh, what your political thoughts are. But the how do you guys eat while you're on the radio? Who's just delivered to our door, and it smells peanut buttery. So I hope you don't have a peanut yeah, allergy. I, don't either. I was like, what is going on? No, we normally do not eat during the show, and we're not eating now. But we will be eating after. Oh my that's, god, that's amazing. So, but trial rule 26. Just the point is that we look at people's risk. 
And the risk we're looking at is the risk to reoffend or their risk to fail to appear. Oh. And there's certain factors that are assessed in these risk assessments that tell us on paper, statistically, what their risk is. And then even if they're released no bond, they're still put on pretrial supervision in many cases where they have to report in once a week or once every two weeks to the probation department and be drug tested or other services Wait, provided. Wait, even pre-trial they're being yes. drug tested? Yeah. But they're not convicted. Why would they right. be drug tested? Well, because they're being let out of jail for free. Oh, okay. So, But you raise a good point from, uh, from one faction of the population that believes why are we punishing or treating people that have not yet been convicted of crimes. So... The, I didn't think we could do that, and but you explained it because you're being because let out. it's a condition of their release. Okay. But what if they don't want to be released? Can they stay? I know it sounds weird, but well, if they're released OR, no, the jail won't let them then stay. They gotta get out. They gotta go. <laughs> they're pushing them out the door. It's time. Sure, let's let's go. go. Right. Be free. But if they're if they're released on a two hundred dollar bond and they choose not to post that bond, yes, they can okay. stay. Okay. Wow. Um, so do you? Uh, is this a good thing for our population up here in, in Porter County, this not having the bond? Because you're looking at it, and we're still protected, right? Because yeah. We're, we're, what, what it's come down to is the recognition that it's somewhat disingenuous and unfair to hold people in jail just because they don't have any money. Almost like economic discrimination. Right. Yeah. And here's the thing. That's when you true. look at the risk factors... Part of the issue is those risk factors coincide directly with the marginalized anyway. Do you have a home is one thing they assess. Well, the homeless don't have a home. Do you show up in court? Well, the addicted and mentally ill don't show up in court. Um, do you have a lengthy criminal history? Well, yeah, most of them do. So you're not going to hear about what's going on, and, and you just hear these high-level stories of New York, guy getting out and going right back on the streets, committing the crime, and just this revolving door. You're not seeing that in our county because we are not just letting anybody out. There's, there's a lot of... Absent some mental illness, you will see mentally ill people when they're in the middle of their manic stage, you know... Um, where they continue to be arrested for crimes such as disorderly conduct, oh. trespassing. They're not allowed in Walmart. They go there every day. Oh wow! You know. So it's smaller. Okay. That's yeah, just, those just small curious. levels, and and those are that's part of the population that we're moving into this restoration court to try to get them medication compliant, to try to get them case management and stabilized and housing. You know, those are issues. I just had a situation came up. Um, it was a friend of mine from church that... Uh, Should I start the meter? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but five years old, he had some kind of brain injury, okay? So he's in his That's 40s, fine. 50s now, and he's calling me, and he's trying to get Housing 8 funding, or uh, Section 8 funding, or uh, help right. with Section 8. And he's really hard to understand because of this brain injury in the past and trying to explain him because I talked to Sam Burgett, uh, is it Burgett or Burgett, yep. uh, reprounce her name, um, and she was helping me and, and there's a wait list for the oh, well, uh, Section 8, which, really? okay, wow. cool, like get on the wait list. So that's what I told him. Well, no, the wait list is closed because Indiana only opens it up. A couple days a year, I found out. They opened it up for two days last year in April. And I was like, well, how does this guy know it opened? Nobody right. can answer me. So I wow. understand his frustration. Then he's going, well, I'm calling these people, and they're hanging up on me, and they're saying I'm rude. Well, when you talk to him, he's got a brain injury, and he does sound aggressive, mm. abrasive, and doesn't always answer. You know, when you tell him to do something, like, this is what you need to do. He started answering different ways. Well, that could be frustrating to some people. Yeah. You know, wow. I'm more patient with it. Um, but yeah, so I, I understand like how once you're in that, like how the heck do you get out of it? And that's why crisis intervention training is so important for the police departments. And I'm also on the Zoom crisis intervention steering committee or whatever. Is that through Valpo or county? Uh, that's through everybody participates. Oh, it's, that's cool. It's that. uh, PACT is on it. Um, Valpo, all of the county departments are invited, um, but that's about training your officers to be prepared and able to deal with the mentally ill. 
because all too often, you know, those incidents lead to arrest for resisting law enforcement or, you know, battery mm -hmm. on law because the whole situation escalates. escalates. And yeah. so that's why that type of training is so critical and so important. And we're seeing more and more mental health. And our police departments are coming in contact with it more and more. And so that's why we're actively in the process of trying to set up training. And Porter Stark's trying to open a crisis intervention facility, right. which they came to us for. With the ARPA funds. Yeah. With ARPA yeah, yeah, funds. Yeah, yeah. And so. You know, those types of developments in our community will only be positive. A place to get people to short of incarceration, take them to the emergency room, doesn't always work out. Most all of my, uh, not all, well, almost all of my mentally ill battery, battery cases come from the hospital. They're wow. at the hospital for mental illness and they end up spitting on a nurse or, oh, you know, fighting with the officers or security mm -hmm. or, you know, and it's just because of the mental state, usually manic, but, you know, mental, Ill st mental illness that leads to their criminal charge and then incarceration, then the whole court system has to deal with it. And, you know, none of us are really prepared to deal with that element of these issues in our community and in society. Yeah. We're there to deal with criminal charges. You yeah, know? where it's white and black, it's <laughs> easy. This, yeah. oh, this guy shot someone, obviously he's a bad guy, you know? Right. Where now mental health has become, right. thank so, goodness it's back on the forefront because it, it seems really like is. it's mm -hmm. not as stigmatized as it was 10, 15 yeah. years ago, you know? Yeah. Right. And, well, it still is, but we're getting better. We're getting, yeah. And stigma is all about education and training. And that's all we can do is educate and train ourselves and the community. A lot of times we put stigma on ourselves. People who, for instance, are addicts or alcoholics, who when they were in active addiction or active drinking, we're never concerned that someone may see them staggering out of the bar or out of control at at this party or that place or within the community but suddenly they they get sober or clean and you know the 12th tradition pops in uh, with anonymity and suddenly it's a big secret that's why I've never made a secret that you know I'm a recovering addict and and that because for me it's critical that I don't forget that or that I don't leave myself a back door and that, you know, so I think that 12 tradition, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities has nothing to do. Is that one of the steps? Is that what you're saying? One of the traditions. I didn't know what a tradition meant. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's through recovery? Yeah. And so, you know, it has nothing to do with nobody knowing that I'm in recovery. What it has to do with, this is an educational piece for those of you in recovery, what it has to do with is when we go to a meeting, we're all the same. I'm not Mitch Peters with my, all my chairman hats on or, you know, I'm just another addict seeking recovery. I'm not there to give legal advice, guys. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> That hat came off. <laughs> Mitch P, they're seeking recovery. Yeah. And you still attend these meetings? Now I I'm do sorry, mostly. No, it's I okay. I, I do most of it by Zoom now because mm. that's what happened during COVID. I mean, COVID was, you think it was devastating for the community and the economy. For the recovery community, it was devastating. Imagine. All the meetings closed. Everybody becomes isolated, which is the biggest problem oh, for goodness. addiction yeah. anyway. And, you know, the death rates went up and the wow. arrests went up. And it was pretty uh, overwhelming for the recovery community. But then meetings started meeting on Zoom. So, yeah, I do. The reason I ask is because if I'm a recovering um, alcoholic, drug user, whatever it is, and I'm going to these meetings and I'm having a tough time and I have someone like you that has... Uh, and I've heard some of your stories back in the day where you've come up and, and you've kicked its 
ass, okay? I'm sorry for my language, but you kicked ass. And now you've turned your life around and are a pillar of society and are doing so many great things. So mm -hmm. I would say if you were in my meeting, it would be like, oh, I can actually do it. This isn't some BS that everybody throws it on TV and says, Well, you know, and that's yeah. the whole purpose of, of recovery support, whether it's self-help meetings or the new smart recovery or all the other programs, you know, because there are a lot of them now. But the whole purpose is to provide the support and the hope, you know, that they could do this, I can do this. Yeah. And, but one important factor, don't forget, then you have to do it. <laughs> It doesn't do any good to yeah. become this yeah. pillar of the community and pillar of recovery. And that's, you know, that's what I've told other people who get out there, out in the public eye and out in front of her. And it's not that I don't make mistakes, because trust me, I do. But... Yeah, you came on the show, we know. <laughs> right, right. But, I paid him, though. Yeah. He was bribed. But the whole point is, you know... You have to do the deal. Mm -hmm. And there are people out there that have been doing this for decades. Myself being one, my ex-wife being one, but others mm -hmm. who for years oh. have been in active recovery. And it takes what it takes. So do you sponsor people like you see well, on TV? Well, I have one that's, uh, I have a couple I've been sponsoring for over 20 years. Oh my wow. Goodness. And, uh, that's amazing. People still occasionally ask me, and I just tell them no. <laughs> yeah, oh, they want you to sponsor them? Yeah, yeah, and I'm just in a different spot mm. than where you're at. Yeah. And not that I don't understand or can't relate or can't help, or you can call me anytime, but, you know, quite frankly, I don't have the time. Mm. And a lot of my service work in... Uh, Narcotics Anonymous was statewide, nationally, um, and then locally during the early years. But now for the last 10 or 20, I've pretty much focused on community issues and doing my, because there's more than one way to serve. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of my service work now is more community on related. Scale. Okay, yeah, that's great. Yeah, so. What's your favorite? Uh, what's all of all these hats you wear and we didn't cover them all what's your favorite hat to wear what's your favorite uh, job like what do you enjoy doing when you He's wake stumped. up yeah no i mean each everything the bottom line is you have to find joy in everything you do um and that's hard at times you know it's hard to always be happy joyous and free <laughs> but you know that's the goal um I mean, I guess I derive a lot of um, satisfaction from, like, building Respite House, too. Mm. Building this homeless shelter. And when he says building, he actually means he was there helping. I mean, he well, wasn't just in front of his But, yeah, I <laughs> but was you there. did work. I know you did I work. I was there, yeah. yeah. At least you made some cameos and, and pictures. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was there. and But a lot of other people were there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. just... Having the ability to organize and facilitate and with the help of Paul Schreiner man manage that project. And then, you know, um, on this new homeless shelter, I was kind of in, and I don't know if homeless shelter is the proper, I'm sure we'll get calls in about this. <laughs> I'm probably not being this politically yeah. right. I don't know all the lingo yet. No. You know, I know it's not addicts, it's substance use disorder. I'm learning oh. all of that. Wow. Well, I'm learning too now. Yeah, so, yeah. I didn't know that huh. as well. So, but, um, you know, we don't call people meth heads. Oh. <laughs> um, you might think it My ex-wife taught me that <laughs> 10 years ago. Stop saying meth head. <laughs> so, no. But My in all seriousness... To Dad, what's a meth head? <laughs> in, all, in all seriousness, oh. the, uh, the city has engaged or brought Ton and Blank into the picture, and I applied for a grant What's Ton and Blank? It's one of the largest construction contractors oh, okay. in the state. Oh, okay, I don't know what you're talking about. And okay. so I met with their president. I didn't even know he was the president. I thought it was just some contractor in the city. And so they gave me this portal to put in an application for a grant because they're owned by the Franciscan nuns. 
and I did that, and it was rather extensive. Thank you. And uh, but more, I did more it. Tape. <laughs> more, yeah, but at the end of the day, this I was paid. accepted. Oh, and wow. so what that means yeah. is they're going to manage the project, and they're going to save me. It's a probably a two point two million dollar project, roughly. So they're a Catholic organization if they have nuns. The Franciscans. Franciscans. That's yeah. Okay. And they're going to save me, he said, fifty to seventy percent of the overall. Cost. Are you kidding? So, wow. Because they will get their contractors to donate. That's, That's amazing. Cool. Wow. Well, yeah, see, really, that, it's really again, neat. not you specifically doing the work, but it's you. Well, you're probably doing a lot of work, but you're taking it and coordinating all this. <coughs> right. So, again, yeah, it's, it's just a person blessing. to do it, though. It's a blessing. Yeah. And, That's you know, cool. and that just happened out of the blue. And so whenever one door closes, another door opens. Mm -hmm. Either that or the window, right? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> Sometimes you gotta go out yeah. the window. Yeah. Sometimes you leave through the back Down door. Down that fire escape. <laughs> so the walk of so shame. Guys, no, we're about ten minutes left. So if there's anything you wanted to make sure you covered today, well, I'm writing a, I'm writing a couple albums. I'm recording the first one right now. We're putting it together. So eventually they'll be playing my music here at the Ooh, station. You could write us an intro song. I could. I don't cool. know if it would be appropriate, <laughs> but I could. Um, but in all the respite houses, it'll have this music going through the hallways. Well, and I'm right? doing you have, it. <laughs> you have to buy a CD to enter. <laughs> and I'm doing it for a fundraiser for the half. Are you really? Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's all the proceeds. Wow. The people that are helping me are all volunteering. Um, so it's really been mm -hmm. a lot of fun. When you do put that album out, if you could let us know on how you could purchase it, we'll share it on our yeah. show, on our Facebook. Because I'm probably yeah, going to do you. some digitally because, you know, the world passed me by and everything's on <laughs> computer now. People don't have yeah. CD players in their cars anymore. Right. I, I know. Have a, mine. I still have a tape deck. <laughs> an A-track? Not an A-track. Well, one of my cars is old enough to have an A-track, but I took it out and put a cassette in. <laughs> well, I was shocked that my new car doesn't have... <laughs> oh, it doesn't at all, huh? No. Nope. That's crazy. Wow. Um, so, yeah. But we were listening. When I walked in, Greg and uh, uh, Mitch were listening to some of this music. Yeah, and Mitch's my music. My yeah. first thought, and I, I don't want to label your music, and that was only one song I heard, but it was very um, reminiscent of, like, Johnny Cash. It, it, was, it oh, sounded sorry, like it did good. say that. So, <laughs> and I mean that in a good way. Like, he had that, that dark, raspy kind of, like, voice, like, oh, yeah, like, I could get into this, you know? But, yeah. So, yeah, share that with us. I will. I, I absolutely will. I got Paul's CD in my car, actually, because I do have a CD player, and it's the only CD I have. And it's your whole car with your pink stripes yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys inviting me. Uh, one of the other things I do do as a public defender, I do the mental health commitment hearings. So that process is when someone is taken to the hospital or ends up at Porter Stark with a mental health crisis, um, they're kept, they can be kept for 72 hours and then in the event that they don't agree to stay or won't take their medication or be stabilized, the, the hospital files a commitment with the court system. Oh, and scary. I'm appointed to represent them in that hearing. Even if they can afford a lawyer or not? This right. is a completely different yeah. scenario? There's no, there's no question as to affordable. That's got to be okay. tough because you're fighting for someone that you may or may not agree with that should well, be locked, or not locked up, but committed, or it's given more. They're still help, entitled right? to a defense. Exactly, yeah. and, exactly. And I hold huh. the doctors to their standard. Okay. You know, and I win quite a bit. Do you? Uh, I don't win them all. Quite frankly, I shouldn't win them all, but I do win some of them. Hmm. And uh, but I do that as well. So um, wow. I come in constant contact with mental illness across the board in our county. How did you get involved in that? Because just from a public the defender. The person who did it before they got, or she retired, oh. 
And so they said, you're it. Eeny, meeny, miny, Mitch. Yeah. So that's, being a public defender, if you get a case that, say, you're going to be out of town for or something like that, can you turn down a case? Can you say no? No, I get my cases. I may have to have somebody cover for me. But the only time I've ever did that was the two times I was hospitalized. And then the one day between court calls, I went to the clinic our county clinic, Franciscan, we'll give them a plug, work well or whatever it's uh -huh. called. Um, and the doctor tested me and said, you have COVID. I said, oh, can I do my court call from the jury box? And she <laughs> says, no, you have to go home. <laughs> so those are the three times that I've uh -huh. missed. Other than that, I don't miss my, I make every effort not to That's miss. Awesome. What if you, and I, this is just a, the, like a weird question, but what if you totally think this guy did it and you're you have to defend him you just have well, to defend most him. of them did do it the problem that's not a problem the problem is when you believe they didn't do it and they get convicted that would kill me right that that's way. the problem okay. when you've got somebody that didn't do it and you're trying to defend them because you know i'm not going to say the police are always right i won't say that sheriff or police chief um but nine times out of ten you know they yeah. get it pretty close to right mm -hmm. i mean they may violate their constitutional rights <laughs> get there but they get there it wasn't greg or andy no, no, no. <laughs> that was mitch the lawyer no, mitch has been awesome <laughs> no and, and and you know what and i think people need to understand it there there's a there's a realistic approach to stuff, and we're just being realistic, you know. Right. Mistakes happen, things happen, emotions come into play. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and it's not meant to be, it just sometimes, it happens. It's a human, a human thing. I mean, when you, you have know? a college student who had one drink down on campus, and they're .009, which is one drink, and they're arrested for minor consuming, you gotta just wonder, I mean, why didn't he just send them back to the dorm? Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't there, and I, you know, I'm sure there were extenuating circumstances. Well, you know, it's, it's funny, Mitch, you said that because several years ago I was on staff at VU and at the, uh, for football, and one of our coaches' sons went to the university, and he went to one of the local bars down the street, had a couple drinks, drove there, thought he'd be responsible by walking home, and it was late at night and a cop pulled up and asked him for his ID and he ended up getting arrested. And we sat back and said, wow, that just seems so, but I guess the thing would be is if he would have walked into the street and got hurt, right. you know, so. There's always ifs, but come on. I, I know, but I remember, <laughs> you know, as you said that, you're going, really? You know, but it happens. I, it does. It, it was lucky it wasn't that kid. Hey, could have been the cop was having a bad day that day. Maybe. I don't know, but. Yeah. Could have yeah. been the four kids that got out of the car and ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's My guy should have been faster. A lot of truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, it's good to see you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, and, and thank you for all yeah. that you do for our yeah. community. It's amazing. And, and it's for amazing. the Valpo, like, I wish you'd come and come into Chesterton a little more, or North County. Stop staying down yeah, here somebody in Valpo. Yeah, somebody lives in North <laughs> You know, I live in Valpo. Well, we maybe we don't you, have Mitch. as ma a, a, a big a homeless problem well, there, too. My, yeah, I don't know. My yeah. ex-3 lives in Chesterton. My so ex-3, you know. So you get that. You get <laughs> you that. That's why her. he's staying out of Chesterton. <laughs> Uh, well, Mitch, is there no. anything else? Otherwise, nope. we'll, we'll wrap up. So, Greg? Well, hopefully you had a good Thanksgiving. You'll have a good Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, otherwise, right. we'll be here next week. We'll, uh, we'll be virtual next week. Yeah, I think we will be. And, uh, no, and, and your Christmas lights are going well. You're yeah, getting a lot come, of people. They'll be uh, 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 Monday through, excuse me, Sunday through Thursday till uh, 4.30 to 10. 10 4.30 to 10.30, then they're open till 11 p.m. on the weekends. It's a free show. 259 Lake Park Road, Burns Harbor. Come on down and enjoy And do we get a prize if we find where the elf is? There is no prize, but there is a, a hidden uh, elf, that uh, elf on the shelf. And the prize would be you donate in the... the Donation box on the corner, which oh, 100%. So my prize is giving up some money to your cause. To the caring place. To our cause. To the county's cause. You, so know, what the great you know what you might think about doing is passing out uh, free naloxone to everyone. 
that drives through. I wouldn't have a problem with that, the but this is a kid-oriented event. Free COVID kids, free well, zone. for, you know, the adults. I, I, it's a conversation I would love to have with you. Uh, to yeah. be honest, I didn't. The so health department would provide those for free. Mm -hmm. Or the police department. I, I would have no problem, department. but remember, it is a kid's show, so we wouldn't be able to. <laughs> I don't want to be on the radio advertising, but yes, more yeah. to, I would like to talk to you more. Keep right, that in mind for other shows. Okay. All right, well, thanks a lot for tuning in. This is WVLP 103.1 FM, Porter County Buzz. See you next week. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>